Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you lot. Happy Saturday at the Fringe. I may look a little bit creased. Let's put it that way, because I got on a flight from London this morning. Went to Luton. The shanty towns of airports. Do you know what I mean? Anyone been to Luton? It's ever so sad there. <laughs> Lots of young boys with T-shirts with slogans on the back, like, Nobby. You know, they've all got... Their little names on. Milky got started on, didn't you, Milky? Didn't know where to look. He climbed in the bin. He was terrified. It's been an experience, but we're excited to be back in Edinburgh. Halfway through we are. Can you believe it? Well, you lot obviously can. Shall we welcome to the stage our gorgeous guests? First, I'd like to welcome the gorgeous Tiff Stevenson. Beautiful. And the wonderful Charlie George. Hello, my beautiful babes. How are you? Good. I just sat straight on the mic there. Didn't even feel it. Ooh. That's a good start. Free of charge, that babe. <laughs> it's the 3D experience. <laughs> so we're halfway through the fringe. Is it halfway? People keep saying that. There's like 16 shows left. Oh, my God. Sorry. I'm having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> You've got 16. We must have double that because we're doing two shows a day. Can you believe it? I'm dead. <laughs> I'm almost dead, but I've got a day off on, on Monday. I see you went down to Leith the other day, saw it from you. I, I'm staying in Leith. Oh, you're staying in Leith. That's oh, an yeah. interesting choice. Leith, <laughs> Leith Shores. Um, I uh, basically, it was about a month before we were due to come up, and I went, oh, I haven't got anywhere to live yet. That's probably should crap myself about that a bit. And then a friend of my sister-in-law's was like, come and have a room at ours and we're going on holiday and then you have the place to yourself and it's beautiful. So I actually lucked out, but I did see uh, someone passed on to me an advertising for a one bedroom off the Royal Mile and it said, we have a mouse problem and they wanted six grand for it. So all normal. Well, at least they're honest. <laughs> wow. And upfront about it. What about you? How's your accommodation, Charlie? Is um, it nice? There's nine of us, and we have one toilet. <laughs> so as you said, we're spending a lot of time on the meadows, loitering near the public toilets, trying not to look creepy. <laughs> You're not responsible for that yellow bottle of Strathmore water out the back, are you? <laughs> no comment, Diane. You can always no tell when there's been a good night down the flick, because they're out the back there, because we haven't got a toilet in here, so there's just endless pint glasses full of, well, let's call it apple juice. <laughs> And just, let's call it apple juice and not sip it. That's the best thing we can do. Cloudy apple juice. When you, when you step into Edinburgh, because are, are you not, you transcend from Scottish heritage, do you not? I do. Your father is Scottish. He is. You don't feel yourself looking at Arthur's seat, raising an axe and screaming for Robert the Bruce? <laughs> A little bit. I mean, my dad's Scottish, but he's, um, he's lost the accent, but retained the hatred for the English. So that's good. Um, he's managed to hold on to that. I do. I feel um, 
<coughs> there's a deep sense of belonging when I see the Felter Alba sign on the motorway. I always feel like it's a part of me. It's my heritage. It's my home. I love it. Um, and then, you know, talk to me like three weeks into the festival I might feel slightly differently. Do you live in London? <laughs> I do live in London, yeah. yeah. Whereabouts? Uh, North London, Muswell Hill. Oh. Which, I, I, I'm not from there, obviously. I live there. I moved there. They started opening up Poundland, so <laughs> I've really changed the vibe <laughs> of Muswell Hill. Oh, I love it. It's a really, um, I'll tell you what, and this is true. One year, it was snowing back at the mum and dad's, and I'd, and I'd seen in the local hill, Horsenden Hill, we used to go down. And I saw all these kids on plastic bags, like, you know, going down on their homemade sleds. And I got back into Muswell Hill, and there were kids with Kath Kidston trays. <laughs> and, like, genuinely, I was like, that's, and that's the difference. So they're trick-or-treating. One year, I offered a girl chocolate, and she went, is this Cadbury's? No, thanks. Well, fair game. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, they look down on me in the, in the Muswell Hill. They've God. gentrified childhood. That's so sad. <laughs> God knows what you'd be given in trick-or-treat in Canvey. Probably a flick knife. <laughs> Would you like a flick knife? You choose. <laughs> and what about the... I mean, it's 2006. That was your first French, wasn't it? Yeah. God, that's a, that's a an fair old, old stint. Yeah, bloody <laughs> hell. Woman. What, has it changed a lot? Um, yeah. I mean, yes and no. Some things change. Some stay very much the same. Um, it's still the same mad feast for the senses. I think it's got better in terms of representing different groups of people. I think when I first started coming, just looking at the comedy section, like the awards, it was very um, Oxbridge sort of, you know, there's sort of five universities. You don't realise how much of it is run by like sort of five universities, this fringe, or how people will go scorch earth for like a bit of a poster, you know, on the meadows like for whoever the golden boy was that year. And, it, you know, it was a very particular type of young sort of white male comic straight with, that would do well at the fringe. So I think that's changed. Now they let any old scum in, don't they? <laughs> 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 I'm joking. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite good at what I do. <laughs> uh, my favourite thing about the fringe is that privately educated people do get to experience firsthand the exploitative nature of the labour market. <laughs> <laughs> By doing a 14-hour shift where you do every single job and then at the end you're paid from a bucket in cash. Or... Oh. <laughs> Welcome to the real world, Hugo. <laughs> Is that how you do it then? You, are you doing the pay, the pay at the end fringe? Yeah, I would love to know, Tiff, you, did you start on the free fringe? Because, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm on the free fringe, the one where we kind of, you have to sing for your supper, basically. Yeah, all of it, we do everything. What about you, Charlie? Is it your, how many times have you been here? Are you a veteran? Because I've been, I have to say, when I was, you know, doing my research, you know, I've got a lot of awards. <laughs> So oh you're, putting no. the, you're putting the work in. I'm, I'm hustling, I'm hustling. I work twice as hard for very little pay. Um, no, I, I used to do the fringe as a teenager, but when I was a circus performer and dancer, so I've, d I've done the fringe in a very different way, like sea venues or zoo venues or stuff, doing those types of shows. It's quite embarrassing admitting that I was a circus performer. It's a bit cringe, but I went to like uh, this school in the West Country in Bristol for teenagers called Circa Media. I was sort of funneled into the arts. I didn't actually want to be in the arts. I was sort of funneled into the arts 
by accident on diversity schemes from my town and I'm trapped. If anybody knows how I can leave, <laughs> that would be great. Uh, but yeah, when you say you're a dancer, people think you're showing off, you know, you must be really healthy and together. And I'm like, yeah, sure, most of us smoke and we can only count from five to eight, okay? <laughs> well, there's always, there's always a dancer limbering up, isn't there, in like Sainsbury's, you're like, excuse me, <laughs> I'm trying to get to the pitta breads. Can you get out the way, please? Can you do your bending elsewhere? So I've had it, experienced it then, but it was cheaper to do it at that time. Like you, we all stayed in like a big brother house type thing in Leaf, like a whole bunch of us circus performers. And we'd like trek into town every day and do shows like that. But so I've only really done the fringe. Um, I, I started in like 2018. I just came and did open spots, just jumping on other people's shows, like getting to do five minutes or whatever. And then 2019, I did So You Think You're Funny competition got to the finals of that, and I thought, yeah, I found it, I made it, I could do my career, and then some stuff happened the next year that was quite challenging. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is my first time back since that, basically. Yeah. So yeah, and we're just doing a little compilation show. It's good. Yeah. And where'd you doing it, up in the... It's up at Liquid Rooms uh, in the Annex, so it's near Cowgate, just sort of around the corner from there, and every day we've been competing with a different person um, when we're flyering, it's quite fun. So we've had a Swedish metal band, uh, who parked all of their tour buses outside and we like had a massive queue of metal fans who were all sort of dressed like intense goths as we're trying to sell our little queer triple bill comedy show. <laughs> um, and then the other day it was unicyclists um, and they had very similar flyers to us. They were singing. So I'm looking forward to what's going to be there tonight. <laughs> the challenge. I reckon someone on a penny farthing <laughs> or a fleet of penny farthings. Can't quite reach a penny farthing, can you? That's the problem with the penny farthing. To push them off, I mean. But they lose their <laughs> the beauty is they lose their balance quite quickly. It's always someone with a handlebar moustache on a penny farthing. Well, you can, you can always pop them on. It's, the great thing about Cowgate is um, if you've got extra flyers and you don't want to walk up and down the street, you can just stand at the top and push one onto the river of urine that flows directly down <laughs> on a Saturday night. I tell you, people who listen to... Someone came up to me last night when I was in London and they said... I've been listening to your podcast. <laughs> Why'd you bother? You know, <laughs> in Edinburgh. They're like, everyone on there's got a bleeding horror story. Because <laughs> everyone we've spoken to is like, well, I'm, you know, I'm living in a cupboard. Uh, I'm tired. I'm playing, to t I'm playing to two people a day. With me, I started off, I was ever so healthy, drinking all the juices. Now, I'm on 15 pakora a day, I think. <laughs> and that's on a good day. And I'm a litre of wine in the evening. You know, I just drink Chardonnay out of a welly. I think uh, you de-evolve, don't you? You, you? you scale back to some kind of horrible, uh, like, survival. When all you wanted to eat fatty foods, you know, and just, I don't know, sleep, live in a ditch. Just <laughs> like the old days. <laughs> Between careers, that was. I've literally yeah. got a soluble painkiller in this, as you say that. Have so you? Yeah. yeah, and I'm eating like a brick of cake to soak up last night's sins, basically. I've, al I've always got a Barocca just slowly dissolving under my tongue. <laughs> Just breathing out like a little, a little shoot of orange liquid. It's a little technique I learned a while ago. Now, you, Tiff, you've actually been in some of the most iconic TV shows, haven't you, really, of all time? Um, yes, thank you. I mean, you have, it's the fact. Yeah. What ones do you get the most recognised of? And does it, kind of, does it translate over time to, like, you know, your audience and things like that? My audience is very, very mixed because I have that thing of, like, people, someone will come up to me and go, what do I know you from? And I'm like, I don't know what you know me from. What TV shows do you watch? Like, I'm not going to do my whole CV for you. Work it out, mate. <laughs> See you later. 
Um, but I've done, you know, all of Mock the Week. People come t- for stand up. A lot of people come from Mock the Week. Um, so and they'll they'll come year b- back year upon year upon year and stuff. But um, also like sometimes a younger crowd maybe have watched Game Face or they, you know, something like that. So you just. Yeah, different people, different shows attract different people, and then they often don't know that I do stand up. So they're like, oh, do you do stand up comedy? And I'm like, yeah, I'm really good at it. <laughs> well, that's where you came from, isn't it, really? Stand up. Well, I was acting before I did stand up, and then I did street theatre for a bunch of years. Oh, that's where I recognise you oh from. Oh my God, what did you do? What was your street theatre thing? What did you I do? I worked with a company called Swank, um, oh, which is one. <laughs> not a good word for dyslexics. <laughs> Um, which Bit is slow audience, come on. <laughs> run by a brilliant woman called Kathy Peace. It was like an all-female street theatre company. Then a few of the girls who were in that were doing stand-up, so I started doing a character. who was, It was like a proto sort of wag character called Savannah Dior, Media Whore. And I would do stand-up with my book, which was called Come Inside Myself. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was all read that. <laughs> it was all the famous... It was literally all the famous people I'd slept with. So that was the act. The act was it would be it would be like um, like as George Clooney climbed off me and threw the condom in the bin. He said, "Never call me again." Uh, it was literally like that. That sounds really sad when I say it like that, doesn't it? Um, I'm more concerned about the young girl that's in the audience. To be honest with you. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, God, I oh she doesn't care. Last... She oh, loves okay. it. <laughs> we had a young boy in here the other day, and well. I ended up offering him a pint, basically, which I shouldn't have done, but I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> so I went from one extreme, apologising for, for someone swearing, then I offered him a pint. So I'm not the best of role models, to be honest, and I've been in prison. <laughs> I, got, I got stuck in... I would get stuck in character, though. That's why I stopped doing it. So I once got heckled so badly at a gig in Liverpool, I literally left in tears. But I, I retained one line from Savannah Dior that to this day is like one of my, like my favourite early jokes that I wrote, because she used to do, like... Bits in the book, like advice on how to dress and stuff. And one of them was uh, always dressed by the fox rule. That is, if it's an inch away from the hair, it's safe to wear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. And you survived it. Like, I, to me, I really look up to you because you have been in the clubs in a time when, like, you know, it must have been harder to do, like, dealing with these horrible hecklers. We had our first woman in yesterday who was with her husband who said that she went to a previous show. She told me and my friend when we were flying outside that she was like, I'm really disappointed in female comedians. And I was like, mm, like, what, all of them? <laughs> and, and, like, so we had our first woman who doesn't think that women are funny, which is quite, like, a common thing that will happen sometimes. And so she'd basically been to see someone, didn't like them, and then decided that that was, like, all of us. But did she, was she in your show? Did she come to your show? Yeah, and she stayed for the first half and me and then Larry Dean was in last night because we're doing like a show with like a wild card act. So we've got like a different person in every night headlining. But he came in the middle because he had to run off to another show. And then when my friend Victoria came on, they just left. Because like she was like, oh, no, I can have one man, but I can't like, I can't stay for another woman. <laughs> <laughs> No, she wow. sounds like a right barrel of laughs. So she was a right barrel of laughs, but I just think that that attitude sometimes still prevails. And so I think like some of the stuff you have to go through just to like prove yourself, I think, and up against stuff is really. You used hard, to so. get it. Women would come over and go, "I'm, you know, I normally don't find uh, women funny, but I thought you were good." And you're like, "Oh, thank you for letting me be the exception." I but like what you do is you end up going, mm, "What a tragic life you must have!" Like. Is your sister not making it? Is your mum not funny? My family are funny. Like, my sisters, my mum, 
you know, so... Well, I think everyone's family's funny, aren't they, in some way? It's about drawing the comedy out of the people around you. And if you can't see that, then you're dull. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah. be fair. Yeah. And you're probably not that funny yourself or that fun, really. Yeah. I remember one... When people come to a late-night cabaret show, because we do our Down the Flick show here, and we had Johnny, a lovely friend of mine from London, and he put a firework in his bum. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we had to evacuate the building. <laughs> that wasn't the best part. But we had a complaint to the Fringe Society about it. I mean, you could literally, you know, you could pretty much see his innards. <laughs> it wasn't ideal. And the, the audience are quite close. Did he you also know. turn up in Leicester Square after the football? Was that no. also... <laughs> Trust me, it was a much... It was, the irony is it was a much smaller flair than that one. <laughs> Leaders to say, everyone in the front row got pink eye. <laughs> oh, my God. I would have loved to have read the complaints. Like I was enjoying everything up to the moment that the firework went up that, that person's arse. Well, it's quite eloquently written. I think, actually, in the end, he said... He, he, bought, he, he got some tickets to see another show and came and really enjoyed it. So I think it was just the open bum hole that put him <laughs> off. <laughs> and to be honest, that's kind of fair enough. Yeah. If you're going to do that, at least show it... Well, don't show it on the poster, but say it on the poster, you know. <laughs> Tease and reveal, that kind of thing. You know, don't go for a lean. What time, what time the bummer will be opening? Yeah, <laughs> open all hours. So, Charlie, you actually do a podcast, don't you, about mental health? Just as we're getting to the point of the fringe, you know, I mean, I opened the, the fridge this morning, and I don't know why, but someone had put some whole milk in there, and I cried for, I cried for my youth for about 25 minutes. I don't know why, but just something about whole milk. I thought, oh, God, I can't. Yeah. So my mental health is, you know, on the turn. You know. <laughs> Hence the Pecora anyway, because I always find I turn to a Pecora in my darker times. But what, you know, <laughs> if you were to give advice on your, on your podcast that you do. Oh, yes. For, for people, because it is hard, isn't it? Because people really get into themselves at this festival because it's, well, you, everything about you is being judged, isn't it, essentially? It is tough. It is tough. I did do this podcast for Audible with, um, uh, I think she's like an anthropologist, Mariano Hotter, and she does like cool stuff like that. And we, we meet with different neuroscientists or different people and like look at a different thing each week talking about how... And it's called Happiness uh, and How to Get It because the title that I proffered, Despair and How to Lose Its Death Grip, was apparently... <laughs> Not viable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they went for a more serious tone for the show because we're talking to like serious people giving us advice all the time. And there's different ones, like some of them were really good, like genuinely useful stuff, like putting your phone in a lockbox when you want to feel better about yourself, focus on something, make eye contact with the person in front of you, like just really <laughs> like useful things like that. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think about things that I do to maintain my my mental health I do sort of like bits of meditation and stuff like there's this meditation practice that's quite good where you sort of take a deep breath um, and then you hold it and then you turn to face like each corner of your room and exhale whilst screaming <laughs> now <laughs> my housemates have asked me to move out but I feel <laughs> more sensitive I thought you were so. going to say hold your breath and that's it. Just keep, just keep holding it. Hold your breath and it. hope for the best. <laughs> but how do you cope with it all the stress? <clears throat> the one thing I do, and actually, I said this is going to sound wank, but... Um, is that the theatre group? Or? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, is that I try to, before I go to bed at night, I try and write down five or six nice things that have happened during the day. 
So awful stuff could have happened. It could have been bad, whatever. But I like before I go to sleep, I want the memories of five or six things that have been really great. So that's what I go with in my in my brain before I go to sleep. Because if I'm thinking about stuff that stressed me out during the day, this and is me so up, good. They call that positive noticing because apparently we're just inherently negative. Like that's what we go to. So you have to sort of draw your attention to the positives. I really like yeah, that. Yeah, and it can be as it can be small things like I had a lovely cup of coffee, or someone said they like my shoes, or I had a great shirt. You know, it can be whatever. They can be big or small things, or did my job well today? You know, whatever it is, and it just just means that I go to bed with that in my head rather than racing around with all of the other thoughts because um, you know this can go off and then I'm before I know it, it's four in the morning and I'm yeah. charged. And I've, I've discovered this thing that's really fun to do. I discovered it in one of the lockdowns, actually, when I was so sick of shuffling around near where, where I lived and going on these walks. And I was feeling really lonely and I missed people. And I decided that basically, if you set your Google Maps to like a minute or two from where you are, but you leave the sound on and then you strut towards it and the Google person says... You have arrived. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, I have. Yeah. And so you can feel a sense of achievement whether you've done anything or not. You're like, yes, I have yeah. I like that. So with terms of spirituality, now, you used to be a Jehovah's Witness, didn't you? Yes. I mean, maybe you... Are your family because you were yeah. brought up a Jehovah's Witness? So I'm a quarter Scottish. I'm a quarter Scottish, um, which I know is a bit. It makes me sound like one of those lunatic American men when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> like, stood on the street corners of Edinburgh, like, yes, my family clan is yeah. a. You know, a, my <laughs> whole family's Scottish. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <coughs> no, I genuinely am. I have ginger cousins. My granddad on my mum's side. <laughs> like that, That's the evidence, isn't it? That's the proof. Um, but on my mum's side, my granddad is from a place called Peebles, a little sort of village in Scotland. He said it's where his alcoholism started. Um, <laughs> and my mum uh, is called Heather. She's named after a flower on the Highlands, legit. And my mum's sort of like this crazy white lady who... My mum said she reads the Daily Mail, and then I was like, Mum, I just don't think its views are very good. And she was like, yeah, but I read it for the fashion magazine. That's, <laughs> that's an insight into my mother. She's like a cross between Rabsi, Nesbitt, and Hyacinth Bouquet. <laughs> that is my mum. An angry, drunk Scottish woman shouting about Jesus in a Laura Ashley breath. <laughs> so, yeah. And she did used to make us go door knocking uh, in Swindon in the... Uh, 2000s, early 2000s, 90s, yeah. We'd have to go and knock on the door of the BMP in Wiltshire and sell them. God. Uh, <laughs> but actually fly... Give them a copy of the Watchtower. Give them a t- copy of the Watchtower and Awake. But all of that experience now has worked out quite handy at the Fringe. So <laughs> yeah. it just turned out that it's easier to sell the apocalypse than it is a comedy show with three women in it. But... <laughs> <laughs> You should you should definitely have a chat with Liz Trust then because I feel like she has uh, oh God. Oh, I'd really I feel she not. has the air of a of an Avon rep that you would avoid when she knocks on the door. <laughs> you know, like hello, <laughs> we're selling tea to China and lipstick in Beijing. <laughs> if you've got a good hit rate, that's all I'm saying. I mean, she's going to be the prime minister, so just strap in. This is do what we've got. Will, do you think she oh, will? Oh, undoubtedly, be? Rishi's not going to win. I think he's probably the more competent. Um, but he's seen this stabbing people in the back. Also, he shouldn't win because he is almost a, a pretty much on the cusp of billionaire. And how you can relate to, listen, be a millionaire. I don't mind earning money, you know. don't mind people having money. I mean, unless it's nefarious how they got it. But, you know, it, it, how can you 
appeal to or understand how most people live their lives. You should have to, you should have to open every sentence with speaking as a billionaire because it's just ridiculous. Yeah, you it's know. not the most democratic, is it, to be fair? No. You know who should be prime minister? Hmm. Milky. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think it would be nice for us to have our first Milky per- for PM. <laughs> Milky, Milky for, for PM. PM. Well, Three I actually Cheerios. think it would be nice for us to have our first person of colour as Prime Minister. And then we know that it really is equal opportunities because you can be totally evil and make it to the top. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? All the, all, the, all the evil brown people, you know, are doing really well at the moment. And that just says that we've levelled the playing field. Oh, definitely. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Do you know what it's time for now? A dear Diane. And I feel like, so what happens is on our social media, we put a little call out for people who've got a little problem. And they write into me. And then I'm going to pick one at random. Oh, this is a nice one. Dear Diane, I'm 22 and I recently came out as gay. My family are amazing and even the people in my village are. I've been thinking of moving to London, but I'm intimidated. Any advice? Oh, London's great if you're gay. Yeah, it's a beautiful place to go if you're gay. It's good for gay, but th- I think they're saying they're intimidating. Because usually if you look at gay culture online, I imagine what they're getting at is that everyone looks like, you know, they've just stepped off the Morrison's meat counter. All the, all the meats come together, oh, put on yeah. a bit of piss in. Yeah, they're all a bit sexy and cool. I would say find your nerd tribe. Find your, wee- like, cr- like, freaky little subculture, which is available. I say this as someone who has actually just left... London. I was in a toxic and abusive relationship with that city for a while. I just kept sponsoring landlords on the street. I was like, you know, <laughs> couldn't help myself. They're like, Charlie, it's got no kitchen or no bathroom. I was like, don't worry, I'll eat in Pret-a-Manger and shit in the street. Just <laughs> <laughs> sign me up for another 12 months. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you can afford the housing, I would say check out some subcultures. There's like meet-up groups and cool things like that. And there's always something like queers who like knitting or queers into zines or like you could yeah. find some less cool people also you can just go to any old queer club in london can't you just stand in a corner 
Some bugger will talk to you. <laughs> and you can ignore them gradually, you know, and then you can choose the which one you like and you say, like, yeah, that's my tribe. It is about finding your tribe, isn't it? And that's the most important thing. And London as a city is big, but there are so many different, you know, depending on what your budget is, you can find lots of cool stuff to do for free in London, I yeah. feel like. And you can, um, yeah, it can feel overwhelming. And I don't know if that person is from a from a big city or whether they're from a small well, village. Well, they're from a village. It's a village, right, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so London can feel intimidating. Um, but listen, the great thing about London is just chat to Londoners. They're incredibly friendly. Yeah. <laughs> just turn to anyone on a tube. Um, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from a village. <laughs> Watch them run for their life. Um. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Dear Diane, my boyfriend is a vegan and I pretend to be too, but when we're not together, I go hell for leather for the meat. <laughs> Any advice? I mean, cool, I don't oh, blame uh, you. I have been there. I have been there. I once, like, because when you live in shared housing, like, there's all these different rules sometimes to get into the house or to get a good, like, place. And I once went to a house viewing and they were like, yeah, but you have to be vegetarian to live here, which I thought was a bit fascist. So I, but I definitely really wanted the room and it was, like, affordable and I was like, fine. And then they found me eating chorizo from a bag in the street. <laughs> so. What, raw? <laughs> it was Just right off the nodule? No, it was cooked from a packet, but it was just so embarrassing. And, I, and then I felt like I just, like, I was so ashamed. I was like, I've got an iron deficiency. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. So, yeah, like, I, I would just say try and be honest, because if you get caught out, it's too cringe, isn't it? The thing is with a vegan, though, or a vegetarian, they've always got a comeback. So if you say, oh, I've got an iron deficiency, they're like, suck on a stone. <laughs> <laughs> or something similar, you know. Go and pick up a nail and suck on it. Uh -huh. It's not the idea that you want, you know. It's not an, you know, an ideal way to pass your time, but they've always got a comeback, haven't right. they? They know what they're doing. <laughs> they're out there and they're trying to convince us all to change. And fair game because the, the world is burning. <laughs> so we're all going to have to at some point. Dear Diane, I hate my job. I've always hated it, and now it's making me miserable. I've got no other qualifications. What should I do? Oh, I, did I write that one? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, oh, that's tough. I don't really have very many qualifications. I've got four GCSEs and a BTEC National Diploma in Circus. Like, it's amazing what you can achieve with nothing. Do they say what their job is? No. No, doesn't say. I mean, oh. you've got more qualifications than me, though. I would say, like, maybe starting your own business is my best advice to leaving anything. Hustle like, that entrepreneur life, yeah. babes. Training as well. Free training, you can do free training. Go to a career advisor. I'm really not the best person to ask. I would suggest to them not doing anything that involves the general public. There must be jobs like that. What like what? Well, that's what I'm saying about entrepreneur. Just make some stuff. Or you could be an entrepreneur or an entrepreneur. Like me. Very um, gender forward thinking. <laughs> be a monk. That's a good but, way of avoiding But you know, people. people make up jobs. There seems to be wild jobs out there at the moment. You know, influence. I don't know. Influence. You can influence about anything now, can't you? Can just get, just open up an account. Say you're an influencer. Eventually, someone will think you're legit. And I mean, Anyasol are always calling me, trying to get sponsorship. To be <laughs> honest, but I just can't go there. But I'm still grateful for Survirax for sending me to uh, the Brits that time. I had a lovely <laughs> time. Thank you very much. And I tell you what, Dua Lipa, she's a lovely woman, but the feet underneath those shoes. Oh my God, that woman dances a lot by the look of it. <laughs> it's like coral. And being in London yesterday. The minute people, because it's boiling hot there. It's hot here, isn't it? It's not as hot, though. It's a bit like coming back to winter uh, when you come into Scotland. But 
I don't know what it is about London, but everywhere's flip, everyone wears flip-flops that are just a little bit too small for their feet. And their toes just hang over the end like that. <laughs> so if it's comfortable, it's like they've gotten from three years ago. They're so shocked that it's sunny. They're like, quick, put those flip-flops on, <laughs> even though they're half the size. Always, do you get fascinated with people's toes on the train when you're on the tube and that? Yeah, it's like a love-hate perversion. Yeah. I can't help looking at them in great detail, but yours are nice. Well, I've just noticed a bit of me varnish is chipped on one side, but yeah. the sandals are sparkly and that's... They're 50% decent, they're, I'd say, those feet. They're <laughs> I've got a four and a half on wiki feet, how dare you? Um, have, you got your own wiki, have you got your own wiki feet channel? Oh, yeah. Do you know Not, what I that mean, is, I didn't audience? create that's it where, myself. That's where your, your naked feet are rated online. Yeah. No, is that for real? You can yeah. get your feet. It's, I didn't put myself up for it, can I just say? It just happened how many, without how many, my consent. How many stars have you got? Four and a half. Four and a half. I'm yeah. minus three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in debt. I'm in deficit. <laughs> I'm in star deficit. I wouldn't get these off. I'll take my shoes off, and basically it's flesh. In exactly the same shape, shape as my shoe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God to Long Tall Sally, though. I wouldn't, wouldn't, be, wouldn't survive without them, I'll tell you. Well, do you know what? It's the time of the show when we do a little song to sum up the beautiful guests we've had. Now, this is an arts festival, so, you know, I'd say it's a 30 to 70 success rate. <laughs> Sometimes they're good, aren't they, Milky? <coughs> yeah, okay, they're not, they're all right. So give us what you've got, Milky. What's your inspiration? Now, what we've got to kind of do is... Use our inspiration from the whole episode to try and come up with something that really is a little bit beautiful. Oh, yeah, there it is. So I've been... Knocking on doors for a week now And I ain't had no success I've been pushing a religion Of which I haven't got any interest So I'm gonna leave it all behind Pick up a microphone and tell some lines about Comedy, about life Ain't it funny? It's about life, and you know what, ain't it funny? Now, we always offer it up to the, the guests, and do you know what, maybe some of the audience, to see if they can come up with a little verse, and see if you like it. Okay, let's give it a go, I'm uh, thinking about the power of um, the watchtower. Amen. <laughs> I just did a rhyme. It ain't no crime to talk about the watchtower. There's a chorus in there. <laughs> Why am I obsessed with talking about Charlie instead of myself? I don't know. Well, can I you jump on this flow and add to the song? Because it seems to be your. Forte? Yes. The answer's no. <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> now you're living in Leith. Ain't it sweet? It's a little escape from the regulars marching on their feet on the fringe. It's tough, but as long as you've got a bratwurst, you'll be fine. A veggie, <laughs> a meat, a chicken. There's comedy. 
But oh life, ain't it funny? See, it's a comedy. Oh life, ain't it funny? It's funny. Yeah. And sunny. It's and funny. anything else we can rhyme with it's funny and sunny. sunny. Yeah. Think about it, honey. Ain't it's so it funny. funny. Yeah. Oh, because life. Yeah. Ain't it funny? Come on, everyone. Let's sing along. Because life. Oh, yeah. Ain't it funny? Especially. If you're a mummy, <laughs> think about life being funny. It's all about life being funny. We're here for a month. We're losing so much money. <laughs> beautiful. Well, hasn't that been a beautiful episode? Thank you so much for coming, you lot. We've had a gorgeous time. Thank you for sharing your time with us today. A thought to go home with, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and that is, next time I go to pick up a Bacora, I'm going to say to myself, no, Diane, don't do it. Have an apple. <laughs> and a little bit of advice like that goes a long way. So all those people that wrote in, don't have a Bacora. Have an apple. Have an apple. <laughs> oh, <laughs> life, ain't it funny? Have an apple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Eve had an apple and it turned out fine for her. <laughs> but she was a woman. <laughs> they always have the worst luck, to be fair. Now, you've been a gorgeous audience. Have a round of applause to yourselves. Woo-hoo! Well done, we made it through. Thank you to my gorgeous guest, Tiff Stevenson yeah. and Charlie George. Just tell us where your shows are on. Oh, I'm on at 8 o'clock at the Pleasance Courtyard. It's called Sexy Brain. And if you might have seen it around town, there's a massive brain with my head popping oh, out of it. it. And my, yeah, it's a sexy brain. Gorgeous. <laughs> well, we'll see you there. Charlie, right. what about yours? It is a sexy brain. Clandestina, queer comedy, triple bill. A different act joining us every night. I will have some flyers at the end. And yes, I can't sing, but I can do some comedy. <laughs> I'll s- hopefully see you there. Your, spy- your silent spoke volumes, Charlie, and it's <laughs> As for me, I'll be in here 24 hours a day, slowly rotting in the corner. <laughs> Just come in, throw a penny at me, I'll be grateful. <laughs> and if you've got any cold pakoras hanging around, I'll egg them too. No worries, I've got a collection in the back and a little call box. <laughs> they call me Lady Pecora, Woman of the Fringe. <laughs> and that's the name of my show next year. I'll be doing it in the wheelie bin outside. <laughs> One person at a time, book in advance. It sells out quickly. But at least for one year... For once in my life, I'll have a sellout show. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, then, my beautiful. Thank you to Milky. Woo-hoo! Consistent as ever. Thank you to the bar person over there who's done absolutely nothing. <laughs> Best money in your life, that, isn't it? Every time uh-huh. to him, I say to him, you want to try and get the shift of the, in the flick when we're doing chat with Jordy. You can stand there, be entertained, and have the time of your life. This is a hat-trick Codpath recorded live from the Fringe in Edinburgh. Thank you to Diggory Way at the back and the beautiful tech. I can't see who it is. I think it's Tess. Is it you, Tess? Oh, and Alex. Oh, I've got the full works in tonight. Thank you, beautiful audience. You've been gorgeous. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> well done, everyone. <laughs>
Thank you for coming. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you, beautiful guests. That was wonderful. Chatting with Truly is recorded at my beautiful club, The Flick, down in the Assembly Underground. Oh, gorgeous. A big thanks to the wonderful people down at Berksness and the beautiful little music geek, Andy Goddard. Assistant producer is Diggory Waite. My beautiful little producer is Chris Jones. This is a Hat Trick Cobcast. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.